Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Water Cooler, the world's most statistically average sports podcast. Brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. My name is Ryan Saber, the most electrifying voice in sports information. And with me, as always. What's up, guys? It's Lukey. What are we talking about today? We always have jam-packed shows, I feel like, but this potentially could be the most jam-packed of them all. This is going to be a test for us to kind of stay on task and move through topics very quickly. We have the NBA finals recap. We have the NBA draft on Thursday night. So we're going to do a top 10 mock draft. We have Olympics action to talk about. We have the over under game and with all the action happening with Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams. And even today there was some news, a lot of news actually that came out about Aaron Rodgers. I felt like we needed to talk about it. But before we get into the show, a word from our sponsor. July is here with tons of exciting sports action. And if you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. With the Olympics in full swing, MLB's second half of the season, and football right around the corner, there's plenty of lines, prop bets, and futures to love. You got anything this week? Yeah, just looking at some Olympic action here. Got some decent games. Uh, the U.S. is favored by 41 and a half against Iran on Wednesday morning. Take, take Iran. Two, I guess, yeah, Wednesday morning. I'm, I'm, <laughs> give me the over on that game, 165 and a half. You think U.S. can score enough? Yeah, I think they'll figure it out. I think they're going to I think they're gonna ball. We'll save my thoughts on Team USA until the Olympics. Oh, I've got second. some thoughts. Bet online is all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Head to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. All right, let's talk NBA Finals. Bucks winning six. I hate to say you heard it here first, but. You didn't even make a prediction. You know, you, you heard it here first. You didn't I, even make a prediction. I didn't have to make a prediction. You told me you listened to the episode where I solo save episode where I did the NBA finals preview and you could tell that I thought the Bucs were going to win. Remember? You knew. Winners of four straight. Giannis was amazing in game six. 50 points, 14 rebounds, five blocks. The one thing I'll say about that is Giannis was amazing. It's not the most amazing thing I've ever seen. So anybody who's sort of forgetting what LeBron did in 2016, and I tweeted out this past week his lines from game five, six, and seven, which was absolutely unconscious. I just – look, what Giannis did was great, 50 points in, a, in, in game six in a closeout game, but not even close to what LeBron did in 2016. The one thing, you know, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, they took 30. I would, I would say it's a little bit close. Not really. I mean. It was a three-game stretch where. Giannis was, each, was fantastic before game six, though. But every game was a closeout game. 
this was different. Sure. If the Bucs lost, they were coming back to play game seven. Every game LeBron did, game five, six, and seven, it was life or death. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I'm, I'm not arguing that what Giannis did was better. It's, it wasn't, you know, but. You're, you're arguing that it's, it's closer than I would say I it was believe. Pretty, it was pretty legendary stuff. I mean, that's, that's, that's rare air for, for both of them, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it was legendary, but 2016 is forever, baby. Don't ever forget it. The True Holiday, Chris Middleton, they took 32 shots to get 29 points in that game. I think that puts it into perspective just how great Giannis's performance was. His number two and number three guy, they did not have good games. They contributed on defense. They hit timely shots. Middleton hit a big shot with about a minute and a half to go, I think. They did just enough. Chris Paul was good, but the Suns weren't good enough. You know, they were a young team. We talked about it. I just, I wasn't, mental toughness is developed over time. They sort of kind of came out of nowhere, right? They had never been in the playoffs, had a good bubble last year, went 8-0 in the bubble, and then, you know, didn't make the playoffs. And now all of a sudden they go from a team never making the playoffs straight to the NBA finals. It wouldn't surprise me if, you know, this was their, their best shots. Not to say that they're not a good team. Devin Booker's a good player. Aiton's really emerged. I think they have some some players. Chris Paul, obviously, is going to be 37 next year. That's the question, I think, coming out of this thing is what does the future hold for him? So does he stay with the Suns? Does he go to a different team, the Lakers maybe, or somebody else that potentially could be more of a contender? I don't know. Sounds like Kyle Lowry might be the – the favorite for the Lakers to sign sounds like they Lowry and DeRozan might even reunite on the Lakers, which <laughs> we'll get in the NBA offseason in future weeks. I don't want to spend a lot of time on that today, but just, just your thoughts. I mean, look, I thought it was fun to watch the Bucks win. It was fun to watch the post game. It was fun to watch the parade stuff. Giannis is, he's a very likable star. I thought that, Whose take was it that he couldn't be the face of the NBA? Ah, Acho. Yeah, yeah, he's on a he's on a, a run of impressively bad takes. Look, you're right, but I think he kind of sprinkled in that terrible take with some actual valid points. Like, you know, LeBron's mom's name is Gloria. You know Savannah. You know Bronny. You know Bryce. I mean, you know Bron's kids. You know, it's like you don't know that much about Giannis. Now, obviously Giannis hasn't been in the public eye for as long. So I think that Giannis not only can be the face of the NBA, I think at this point he is the face of the NBA. He's probably the best player in the NBA right now. If you kind of think about it in totality, defense, leadership, uh, just an overall nice guy ability to do what he does on offense. So just your thoughts on the finals and then we'll get to, uh, one more bit of housekeeping on the NBA before we wrap it up for the year. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to push back a little bit on um uh, he's the face of the NBA and and more specifically he's the best player. I don't think he's the best player. I think uh I think Kevin Durant is the best player and if Kevin Durant is 2 inches back in a second round game 7, we're not even having this conversation. Now, I'm not taking anything away from Giannis. I, you know, he was hey. 35 13. Hey. If, if on, some butts uh, were candy and nuts, baby. 61, 61% shooting, you know, 
what was the bugaboo? We talked about it. He couldn't shoot threes. He stopped shooting them, really. He shot he shot five in game two. But other than that, two attempts, two attempts, two attempts, one attempt, three attempts in game seven. Or, I'm sorry, game six. The, the free throws. He comes out in a game six where he scores 50 points and shoots 17 and 19 from the free throw line. You know, so he's not just getting to the line. He's actually making them count when he gets there. And look, if he shoots like a normal Giannis game, there is a game seven back in Phoenix. So like they needed everything that they got from Giannis. He was incredible. I think that um, if you look at the way LeBron played last year, I think that, you know, they're probably in a similar tier, which is just a slight step down below what Kevin Durant is right now. That's my really over my overall take is just that it was really fun watching what you mentioned, the parade stuff, the championship stuff. He's probably the most likable superstar, maybe, maybe, maybe ever in, in my lifetime. Um, just a guy that just like universally, like, how can you, how can you not like this guy? He's so much fun, just his story and everything to get from where he came from. Right there with Kyrie, huh? <laughs> he wasn't even, you know, he wasn't even playing basketball. He said, you know, what they asked him what it was like to see LeBron James at, at courtside. And I think it was game five. And he said, I wasn't even playing basketball when, you know, he got drafted in 2003. It's like, that's just incredible. Like this, should, he's only 26 years old and he has two MVPs. He has a defensive player of the year. He now has a ring and a finals MVP. Right. How many other people in the league, in league history, are you, do you know this? How many other people in league history have that resume? Hakeem Olajuwon. No. Oh, not by, not, not at 26. Just one. Michael Jordan's the only one. No, he's the only one that they're the only two that that have that have all of that. At by twenty six though. No, I think it's it's ever. Yeah, it's Elijah one did it too. Oh, did he? Yeah, he had okay. a he had two two championships, an MVP, and a Defensive Player of the Year. Okay, so Elijah one and MJ and Jordan. And, that's it. Yeah, and Giannis, and he's done. He's doing it. You know, by the age of twenty six. So right, right. No, he only has one. Uh, Hakeem only has one MVP. So it's just oh, him and Jordan. I, I, I switched the numbers. Giannis I thought. Rhinus has two MVPs and he has two. Uh, Kareem has, uh, or I'm sorry. Oh, so so has, it's one championship, two MVPs. Yeah. Got and, it. And a, and a deep way. Got it. No, no, we're so, good. So yeah, Giannis and Jordan, the only two in, in history to have that. So, and he's 20, like you said, he's 26. We talk about this all the time. You know, when we talk about the quarterbacks, like we look at Josh Allen and Lamar, these younger guys that have these you know, fantastic seasons. And there's a legitimate shot that it might be their best season. Like there's a legitimate shot that he never gets another title again. You know, this is a real title. There's no asterisks. I don't, I don't deal in those, um, you know, so I, this is, this is as real as it gets, but there's a very real chance that, you know, if some things don't go their way, they're not there. And you can say that with every single championship team, every single year, you don't, so, you don't buy into the theory that the, who, who did I hear saying it today? I forget who I heard saying it today, but they were saying that the that the Bucks have a little bit of a Suns feel, or excuse me, a Spurs feel. You don't get maybe they could win three or four championships in the next ten or twelve years. Sure, that's how young Giannis is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that they have a little bit of that in them. In totality, I don't think they're as good as you know a couple of the other teams out west, and probably Brooklyn. We'll see what happens with Brooklyn, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, they're down 0-2 with, with, with just Kyrie and KD. And, uh, you know, look, a lot of stuff can happen. I mean, we can go to every single championship and, and talk about this. You know, even every single, all, all seven of Tom Brady's, there's there's a play or two that can go the other way, you know, which which I think is ridiculous. You know, like you look at the, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into this right now. I'm not going to get into that. But, uh, yeah, don't. But, but 
yeah, I mean, they might not, they might not be able to make it back. They might not get another one. It's hard. I mean, you saw how hard it was, but he, like you said, he's only 26 and it doesn't matter now because he is, he's proven that he can do it. And I think that that was a big step, a big, big step for him, especially, you know, when they did go down Oh, two to, uh, to Brooklyn in the second round. And you know how quick this league shifts, the tide turns so quickly in the NBA. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And like we you said know. there, I mean, a, a disgruntled star in two weeks could could pop up and, and request a trade before training camp in October. And then you have a new superpower if it gets traded to a team that, you know, already has a little something going on. Right. So, it, it, yeah, it's, it's just crazy. It's just, a, you know, the NFL is not for long. I mean, that that applies more so to the NBA, I believe. Yo, I mean, the NBA is crazy. A good I mean, player can make such a big difference. Yeah, you know, just the landscape in the NBA shifts so dramatically. Bron, he's usually the one that's swinging the tide when he went to Miami, when he went to Cleveland. There's always sort of ripples. You know, he went to Miami and took Bosch with him. Then he goes to Cleveland and they trade Wiggins and and um, Anthony Bennett and those guys for Kevin Love. And, you know, then obviously the Warriors, they were a little bit uh, homegrown or whatever, but they bring in Kevin still Durant. Still big time, yeah. Yeah. Well, they were able to bring in Kevin Durant because of early in, in early injuries to Steph, and they didn't have to pay him as much. And a and, once in a lifetime cap spike. You're right. So yeah, you know, I mean, look, we know Dame's disgruntled. We know Ben Simmons is probably moving somewhere. I don't know if Chris Paul is going to stay in Phoenix. I mean, there's still the potential for some of these guys. Kawhi's probably going to opt out potentially be on the move paul george could be traded if that happens did you watch did you watch the the woge and low special yesterday no there's concern that Kawhi might not even play next year is he gonna do the thing he did with the spurs when he had no i mean they're saying like it makes the most sense for him to just pick up his option if he's not gonna play like obviously yeah but but um yeah i don't think i don't think he's going anywhere and i'm not sure he's gonna play until you know, it, it, if it is an ACL, I think he did have surgery. I think they confirmed it was an ACL. Yeah, so, like, did. so, uh, yeah, I mean. Interesting. All right. So, before we wrap this thing up, we haven't talked about the, the results in a while since pre-playoffs of the Water Cooler NBA Challenge. For, for record, this is the first annual Water Cooler NBA Challenge on the heels of, if any, if all of you remember the first annual water cooler NFL challenge, which was an absolute uh, Molly Wop, Captain Cleveland here, old Sabadamas was able to pull it out in the NFL. Let's see uh, what the results look like in the NBA. Yeah, it's more of the same. Uh, Interesting. The Bucks took down. You had the Bucks, so uh, the final score was eighty to forty-three. I think it was actually a little bit closer than the NFL was, though. Yeah. Because I had all four teams in the championship game. The NFL. Yeah, 169 to 105. Yeah. So, you know, you're making progress. We'll see. We got the NFL challenge coming up again shortly. So we'll see what happens. And I got Uh, the first pick again. So uh, I know who I'm taking. I'm not getting cute with it this year. (laughs) I'm taking the Super Bowl champs. Well, we're probably going to have to flip a coin i mean oh no 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 i finished last i get the first pick this is how this goes you know we'll we'll take this we'll take this offline don't worry i'm not gonna take your guy you you can have brady we'll take this offline with that obviously nba season's over sad yeah i did i do want to say yeah small small market championships are extremely special and i think that you saw that and you know the guy drafted by the team stays home 
you know, Middleton's a guy that's been there for eight years. They built it up. A lot of those guys that they've added in the last couple of years, uh, you know, new coach in the past couple of years, but the two most important players have been there for eight years, homegrown guys. And I think that, uh, you know, those are, those are special. Those are fun. And uh, that was awesome. So the NBA's over said it was a great playoffs. I enjoyed it. It was one of the best playoffs I can remember in recent years. Luckily, there's there's a short turnaround, right? Because the NBA is starting on time and it's already August. <laughs> so the NBA will be here, what, in three months, two and a half months, they'll be in training camp. So it won't be long. NFL will be here, you know, very soon. And that'll get us through the lull of, of no basketball. But uh, very excited about that. NBA draft is this Thursday. Luke and I have elected to do a little bit of a mock draft. We're only going to do the top 10, I think. You know, look, we're not Chad Ford and some of these other guys that are super dialed in on, you know, the back half of the first round and into second round, Jay Billis and some of these other guys. But, you know, I think we have a pretty good understanding of the lottery guys and especially the top 10 guys. Most of them we've actually watched. Right. So we're going to do a little bit of a mock draft. We're going to go back and forth prior to. The show, we flipped the coin. Luke got the odds and I have the even. So he's going to start at number one and we'll go from there. So you are on the clock with the Detroit Pistons. I'm trading the pick to the Cavs for Colin Sexton straight up. <laughs> Erroneous. Uh, no, with the Pistons, we're going to go ahead and take it. I, I, I'm not so sure that it's a no brainer um, as much as I did a few months ago, but, but, um, but I think Cade Cunningham's a guy he really wants, you know, he's shown an effort to want to be in Detroit, which guys that want to go number one and want to be in Detroit are, uh, are guys that you should take if you're Detroit. So what do you think? What do you, would you have any comps for him? Like, what are your thoughts on, on Cade? I think they're looking for every reason not to draft him, which is funny to me. He's six, eight, two He's 19 years old. He's widely viewed as the safest option. He's got a versatile skill set. Uh, he's got rare intangibles. He's very unselfish. He's improved his offensive game. I mean, I would love to have him on my team. So, yeah. you know, I, I think I think he's without a doubt the guy to take it number one. I think maybe just Detroit's overthinking it a little bit. Uh, he's well, got he's got the skill set for the modern NBA game. Definitely, you know, a bigger guy that can uh, can run the floor, can man the floor. He's not super uber athletic, but uh, he just knows basketball. He's a good basketball player. Yeah, it's just that big size. He's got a little bit of uh, a little bit of Ben Simmons in him, but obviously he's a much much better shooter. And I <laughs> Shoot think that he's free got free throws and three point. Yeah, and I think he's obviously got a a much higher, um, you know, much higher ceiling. But he's got that IQ. He's got that that they have a similar IQ, and I, I think that uh, the way he sees the game is is special. So yeah, we're going with Kate at one. All right, Houston's on the clock. I think up until about a week and a half ago maybe two weeks ago, there was question about which direction Houston would go. I think even at the time of the lottery, I, I thought they were going to go in a different direction. The Rockets are looking to move the pick, but you know, the consensus I believe at this point is they're going to take Jalen green six, five, one He's 19 years old. He played in the G league. He's the only projected top pick that's going to work out for Houston. Other top picks like Cade, like Evan Mobley, like Jalen Suggs have actually said that they don't 
<laughs> they don't want to go work out for Houston. Now I understand why Cade Cunningham doesn't want to go work out for them because he is going to be drafted number one, but the other two guys, I think that's really interesting. So it's, I think it Houston, is interesting. It's kind of a, which it's kind of weird. And it can't just simply be because they're like, Oh, well, they're just going to take green. Like there's just no way that that's the only reason that they're not working out for Houston. No. I mean, I think it's a situation right now. Houston might be like with the Texans and with the Rockets. It might be oh. the worst sports city in, in America right now. Ooh. I don't think, you know, the Rockets are in disarray really after the last couple of years, just trying to bring in Ross and then just all that stuff. And, and obviously we know what's going on with Houston's or with the, with the Texans. So look, I think Jalen green is a, is a smart choice for them. He's the most gifted scoring prospect in the draft. You know, potentially he could have the highest ceiling, I, I don't think he's going to end up being the best player in this draft, but he very well could be the best offensive player in the draft. Yeah, totally agree. Can you see how a team like Detroit, though, would get enamored with a guy like Jalen Green? No. Um, no, you can't see that at all? No. I, look, I think, I, think, I think that Cade is the better prospect. I think that he's the pick. But I could totally see that, man. Like, Green is he's exciting. He's fun. He's, Oh, you know, he's, he's, he's explosive. It reminds me of when the Cavs had the first pick and it was Kyrie or Derek Williams, you know, and it was like, no, 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 no. Like it was pretty like that one to me was pretty plainly obvious that it was But a lot of people were like, take Derek Williams. Cause he had the great, he had the great tournament. I think he took uh, Arizona to the, to the final four. Actually knocked out Kyrie and Duke. Yeah. So, I mean, it reminds me of that. Like just fucking take the guy that's better. No, I agree. I agree. But like, I I think that one was like, even, even, even in the moment, I remember thinking like, this is really not that close. And this isn't, I I don't want to say like, I, I feel like these two are in the same tier for me. Like I have, I have a tier of three players and I'll wrap it up when I move to the next pick here, but I could totally see how a team could get enamored with him. Uh, I just think that if you're if you're picking number one, that's the that's the correct order between these two. Okay, I'll buy it. Cavs on the clock. Yeah, Cavs on the clock, and this is going to round out what I had in my top tier. And actually, I have him as the number two player. It's Evan Mobley, USC big man, uh, seven foot two fifteen freshman. He was offensive, or uh, I'm sorry, he was US uh, Pac-12 Player of the Year, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. And, uh, you know, obviously freshman of the year, just an absolute unicorn. You know, he's, he's a seven footer, but he can run. And I think that he's going to play the four. He looks a whole lot like Chris Bosch to me when he's playing basketball. Um, and I think that he's somewhere, somewhere on that spectrum, you know, between Deandre Ayton and Anthony Davis, you know, I think that he's, he's somewhere in there and he's much closer to Anthony Davis than he is Deandre Ayton, but a modern big man who can pass, he had the lowest foul rate. So he's blocking shots. He, I think he was second in the country in blocks this year and the lowest foul rate for big men, just using his, his gift, his gifts, his athletic gifts to his advantage at full for a guy that's 19 years old and a guy that can run and move like that and handle the ball. You know, you might have some questions about pairing him with, with Jared Allen, but I think that's, a, I think he can play anywhere. Cause I think he's going to play, he can play the four and I think he can, you know, he will be able to shoot. He, he shot in the low 30s this past year, but he did shoot almost 70% from the free throw line, which a lot of times is an indicator that you can improve your uh, perimeter shooting. He did shoot, like, I think I saw it, uh, 46.3% on two-point jump shots. So there, there is 
there is promise for his shooting, which I think he'll be able to do, which if you're going to play the four next to a guy like Jared Allen, you're going to have to improve your shooting, but that might take a few years, but I think he's instant offense. And I think, or I'm sorry, instant impact uh, on both sides of the ball for the Cavs. And uh, I think that he, he could end up being a guy that is the best player out of this group. You know, I, I think that those are, those are the three guys. I, I think it's that top tier is very clear for me. It's, it's those three. I'm happy with that pick. If the Cavs, you know, I've heard rumors today that they might trade the pick. I've heard rumors today that Oklahoma City wants to come up, you know, from six, I guess, mm-hmm. to try to get to three. I hope doesn't happen, but I've heard that. You know, we'll see. I, I really Woj, hope the Cavs just – Woj did say yesterday on the show that it would be very, very hard to get that pick away from them. They're, they're pretty locked in right now. On Mobley? Yeah. and um, Or Green? Yeah, they're happy. They'd be happy with Green as well if that's the case. But I think I think the top two are pretty locked in. I think Mobley's going three regardless. I don't think the Cavs will trade it. Who knows though? You know, the, the, Oklahoma has all those fucking picks. I just you know they, they could come in with a with a big Godfather. Yeah, I mean, if they want to offer you six fucking first round picks or something, because most of those picks are going to be at the back end of the draft at first round. Exactly. You know, I, I mentioned this when we talked about all those trades when they made them that, that those were horrible trades because. Of those picks and a lot of them aren't even gonna uh convey so like just just keep the pick take evan mobley and move on with your, yeah, with your day don't overthink it all right toronto on the clock at number four this to me is is another sort of no-brainer situation now there are some other guys in this spot that are open for consideration but i think jalen suggs is the way to go i think he fits the raptors six four two oh five guard out of Gonzaga he's all around two-way guard he's an excellent fit for the Raptors roster especially with Kyle Lowry departing right I think he's like a more athletic version of Kyle Lowry he's an elite level athlete he's a hard-nosed competitor he plays the biggest the biggest moments he hit a huge shot the final four the game was tied and he hits it to win the game from half court so I I think it's a no-brainer I think he slides right in just kind of picks the ball up from Kyle Lowry and just kind of does kind of what Kyle Lowry's been doing for that team for several years. Yeah, it just feels like too too much of a perfect fit. He's my fifth, he's my number 5 guy, but I think it's a, it's a great fit here. Unless unless they do look at trading Pascal Siakam. Um we know that the Warriors have had interest and in, in that could come to fruition before Thursday. Uh if that happens, you know, there's another guy that I think that 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 could fit in there too but um Bradley Beal said he wants to be traded before the draft too where, said where he, did you where did you see that because I like saw every, it on sports center I think you might have saw it wrong because everything I saw has been said that Bradley Beal's content nope just saw it yesterday sources bleacher report two days ago Bradley Beal considering trade request before NBA draft okay oh, so considering yeah yeah, the, yeah. Woj made it very clear yesterday that if if he is going to he knows the timetable it has to be before Thursday night we could see that, um, but uh, you know, every, yeah, everyone I heard today said that, that they don't they don't think that that's that's coming to fruition. Yeah, but all right, moving on. Orlando, Orlando. Number, number five pick. This is actually my number four player, Scotty Barnes. You know, he's got a little bit of that Pascal Siakam, so I think he could be a fit for Toronto if they were to trade him. But um, but yeah, you know, he, he kind of fits that mold of a uh, bigger guy with um, you know, I think he's got like a forty three inch vertical, but he's six seven two twenty five. He actually 
ran like point forward for Florida State last year and was setting guys up. So he's he 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 understands the game, has a high basketball IQ, and um, you know he 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 really can't. He wasn't a great shooter. He struggled shooting, but um, you know I think he's probably the fourth best player. I have I have him as the fourth best player in the draft. So you've never been a Jalen Suggs guy, so it's not surprising. Scotty Barnes is the guy that's rumored that. Oklahoma City wants to move up and get. I think they're worried that Toronto potentially could even take him at four. Six eight, two twenty-five, aggressive, athletic. He plays, he plays with like a fire. This the kind of thing that teams fall in love with. He's got a seven-three wingspan. He projects as a plus defender. I think he's a great player, but now we're in the space. I think there's the top three guys, and then it's kind of everybody else after that. But Which I think still a good. I think good. Uh, I think Suggs is a, is I would, I would prefer Suggs over Barnes, but I can see why people like Scotty Barnes. Yeah, and I, I like Suggs too. I, I just think that he's closer to his ceiling than everyone else that we've talked about. That makes sense. All right, Oklahoma City on the clock. So this is sort of the last of the, I guess, tier two guys, maybe. Jonathan Kaminga, 6'8", 220. He's only 18 years old. He played in the G League with Jalen Green. Big physical forward, elite athleticism. He's got two-way potential, so he's sort of a 3 and D guy. He needs some time to develop. He's already got an NBA body, but he is – the scouts love this guy. I think part of the reason why he's not going higher is probably because he's only 18, probably because some of these other guys had a full – college basketball season, whereas Kamingo only got to play in the bubble in the, in the G league. Uh, he's an exciting young prospect. I think his ceilings as high as any player because he's got so much more room to develop and he's only 18 years old. So I think that's where Oklahoma city goes at number six. Yeah. I think uh, I had him, I had him as my, as, as yeah, my next guy too. And I, I think that, I can't remember who it was who I was listening to, but they, they made a very good point that, you know, he's always been a bigger, stronger guy, and he's basically playing NBA minor league this year, so he wasn't able to just physically dominate, and you saw him struggle a little bit. Now, look, you know, Rostillo talks about all the time, the competition in the G League or whatever it's called is much more advanced than anything in, in, at the NCAA level, including, you know, Baylor and Gonzaga, so you have to take that into account when you see guys like that struggle, especially the fact that he's 18. So now how will he adjust? You know, I think that the first time that you kind of get pushed around a little bit when you can't just body your way through, um, yeah, you make adjustments because guys that talented, they figure it out. So I think he's got a longer developmental curve, like you mentioned, but, uh, but yeah, I like, I like coming up. All right. Your second favorite teams on the clock, the golden state warriors. Yeah. I'm just going to, um, Kind of go just by my rankings here. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure if he's a great fit or not. But I'm going with James Booknight, the guard from Connecticut, sophomore, six three, one ninety. You know they like to shoot. Uh, I think. I think anyone that that goes here, you know, especially if they take a guard, is going to fit in nicely. You know, certainly this pick could be traded. They have the 14th pick as well. They're not in love with James Wiseman, their number two overall pick from last year. So those all could be packaged up. But yeah, I'm just going to go with Booknight. I think one thing that's really interesting, less about Book Night, more about Golden State, is one thing I heard today. Chris Broussard brought up an, an, an excellent point. 
they also have Kelly Oubre's a sign and trade with Kelly Oubre available as a, as a trade piece as well. So now all of a sudden you have two lottery picks or two top, you know, two lottery picks. You got Wiseman, you got Wiggins and you got Kelly Oubre. I don't know if you're going to get a much better offer, especially if you're a team that's rebuilding. So I think that we potentially could see golden state move this pick in the next day or two. We'll see. But if they keep it, you're right. Book night's probably the direction uh, that they should go. And I do know that they have an affinity for 24-year-old senior out of Oregon, uh, Chris Duarte, shooting guard. Um, but they can get him at 14. So the Orlando Magic is on the clock again, right? They picked at five. And they're also picking, what is this, eight? Yes. You know, look, Orlando is in full rebuild mode. They they tore it down right before the trade deadline. They traded Vucevic. They traded Aaron Gordon. So, you know, they really need a lot of help. So if they could get Scotty Barnes at five, right, and then turn around and take the guy that I think is the best fit here, which is Moses Moody, 6'6", 205, Young kid out of Arkansas. I think he could actually be the steal of the draft. I know you remember during tournament time that I talked about how much I liked Arkansas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And he's he's the reason why. I think he's going to – this is a guy that's going to need time to develop. But he does have an NBA body. He can play both wing positions. So he can kind of float back and forth between the two and the three. He can knock down the outside shot. He can defend at a high level. I would really put him as, you know, a – Better three-point shooting, less good at defense, Isaac Okoro, or maybe a more athletic Sadiq Bay, who you know was second team all rookie. If everybody rem- if everybody remembers last year in our pre-draft coverage, I talked very highly of Sadiq Bay, so he ended up panning out. But uh yeah, we'll go Moses Moody at eight to Orlando. I like it. Good fit there. That's a, that's a pretty good haul for them if they're able to come away with. Moody and Barnes. Sacramento. Sacramento's on the clock. I really, really want to take that kid from, uh, I can't remember where he's from, but Alperin Sengun. He's uh, plays kind of like Kevin Love, but I think that, uh, you know, I think he might slide a little bit, but um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take uh, Franz Wagner. More of a, more of a record there with, with him. Um, you know, he's a shooter. He can play make a little bit. I think he's a good fit for them. Some talk. I mean, I think Buddy Hill's name has been mentioned in trade talks for forever. Wait, is he there? Is he yeah. in Sacramento? Yeah, yeah. That's why yeah, yeah. he's still there. Okay, but he, he's going to get moved. I think. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, he's a shooting guard, and Franz is a forward. But I, I think that that'd be a nice fit in there for, uh, you know, a nice replacement for him. What I'll say is, I watched him because he he's a Michigan kid. I don't love the player. Uh, matter of fact, I don't even think he's as good as his brother, and his brother went high and hasn't panned out in the NBA, Mo, Mo Wagner. So I, I think it would be a mistake if Sacramento took the pick that high, but this isn't a, we don't we don't knock people down on this podcast. We build people up. So great job, Franz. Go blue. <laughs> All right. Uh, there was a trade. So number 10, uh, Memphis is on the clock at number 10. Memphis traded Valanchunas, right? Yeah, 
Valanchunas numbers basically for Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams and Steven. So Valanchunas and they swapped 17 and 10 and, okay. and I think and pick 40 from Memphis went back to uh, New Orleans with pick 51 going back. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's two options here. You can either go with Keon Johnson from Tennessee or Davion Mitchell from Baylor. I'm probably going to go with Keon Johnson here. He's another really talented athlete, top-end potential. He's 6'5", 185. He's out of Tennessee, so he's an SEC athlete. He's going to need to add weight. He's going to need to work on his jumper a little bit, but he broke the combine vertical record. So he's a ultimate, ultimate supreme athlete. That Memphis team's really fun. Obviously, Jaws an athlete. You throw him in the mix with that, it could, it could be an exciting run-and-gun style team. So if I was sitting at this pick and I was the GM of the Memphis Grizzlies, I would take Keon Johnson from Tennessee. I like it. Oh, and so, then real quick, before we move yeah. on, just I wanted to mention some guys that I liked that would go probably second half of the first round, maybe even into that second round, was um, Jalen Johnson, guy from Duke. He struggled a little bit this year. But I think, you know, I've, I've, heard, I've heard other people talking about it like, it was a weird, it's a weird year. It's a weird COVID year. You know, the guy was supremely talented coming out. And uh, I don't think that you can put a ton of stock into a guy that played like nine games in a weird year. And the same kind of situation goes with Zaire Williams was uh, a star coming out of Sierra Canyon, went to Stanford, was hurt to start the year or to start when, or when he arrived on campus and just was never able to put it together. Um, I think that whoever gets him later in the first half, you know, they, they're going to have a lot, uh, a lot to work with there. And then finally, Jason Preston, Ohio University guard, a little bit on the smaller side. I think he weighs like 178 pounds, but um, the guy can play, man. He's got a little bit of a uh, little bit of Lonzo ball in him. He, he doesn't shoot very, he doesn't shoot very good yet, but um, he definitely has very high basketball IQ and, and just is a good basketball player. One guy that I like is is the other Gonzaga kid. I like Corey Kispert. I think that he could be the kind of guy that is just in the NBA for like 14 years, right? He yeah. he he could hang around. He's a good shooter. He's not ultra athletic, but he's he's a competitive guy. He can shoot the ball. You know, kind of think of a poor man's JJ Redick or Kyle Korver, that type of player. Shot 44% from three. I mean, like the guy's gonna stick. I really like him for for some team, maybe in the late teens or early twenties. So, I think he could even get into the, the lottery. Possibly, there's a chance. All right, that's that's our take. We'll we'll come back. We'll see how we did. I think we're probably pretty close. We might be off here or there, but you know that's one of the advantages of doing a top ten, right? It's it's only the <laughs> the prime athletes. Let's talk Olympics. Olympics so far, we're I don't know. Less than a week in, you know, the Olympics, most people think or don't really start watching until after the opening ceremonies. It actually starts a few days before I started watching it right away. I feel like the Olympics is on more channels this year than it's been in the past. I mean, it's there's like three there's like three NBC channels. There's USA. There's other stuff. So I've like Saturday, all day Saturday. I watched I watched a lot on Sunday. 
I don't know. Let's just kind of touch on, you know, maybe talk about the golf a little bit. I know you want to talk about the basketball and then I'll wrap up and maybe talk a little bit about uh, skateboarding and swimming. That Those are two things that I watched that stuck out to me, but obviously big stories in golf and basketball. Yeah, I did. Um, I did a full on Chris Farley meme when I heard the Bryson news and then found out they replaced it with Patrick Reed. You know, I was super excited not to have to not to have to root for Bryson DeChambeau. And then they went and stuck Patrick Reed as his replacement in there. So, uh, you know, go Team USA. But, uh, you yeah, look, Team USA. Johnny Rahm, too, though. Yeah, which which is pretty wild because, like, I don't think he gets tested anymore on the PGA Tour or else. Dude, you know, he's he, tested positive t- like twice in the last two months and he's vaccinated. Right. Well, I don't think you can if you've had it, you have to wait 90 days to get your second shot. So uh, he's okay. not fully vaccinated because he got vaccinated. Uh. Okay. After he got, he tested positive. So um, maybe I should have read the entire article. No, it's all right. It's all right. It's like the it's, but it's like the same infection. It's just like in his blood still that he's testing positive, which is pretty pretty wild. Um, yeah, because on because on tour now, since he's already been through their their uh, protocols, he's not really tested anymore. So or else he'd still be testing positive. Might not even have a U.S. Open, you know. So it's wild. But yeah, tough tough break for John Rahm um, and Bryson. I mean. I'm not inhuman. I know that the guy probably wanted to go play and represent his country, but team USA looks good though. You know, JT Xander, you know, obviously Patrick Reed and uh, open or uh, I'm sorry, championship golfer of the year, Colin Morikawa. So we got a really good shot at the medals at the medal stand this year. And in um, 2016, Kuchar was the only American that medaled. I think Ricky Fowler, Patrick Reed and Kuchar were the three that represented team USA and Kuchar actually ended up with the bronze, I believe. So um, hopefully we'll do a little bit better this time. Justin Rose from England won it last, uh, won the gold medal. And uh, a lot of good golfers, though, in the field. So it, it'll, be a, it'll be a fun event. I haven't been able to find much about the, uh, the actual course itself. But um, they're just playing it just like a regular stroke play event. I wish they could incorporate teams some, some way, but there's no real way to do it. Um, you know, like Ryder Cup style, you can't really do it since there's since there's so many players, but, uh, and the qualifications are all different, but yeah, I mean, lots of, lots of good golfers. Victor Hovland has been, um, young, young guy from, uh, Holland, I guess. No, Sc- Scandinavia, but where, where the fuck is he from? Like Norway, Norway, Norway. Yeah. There's a lot we could talk about here. Like, like Rory, we we've seen Rory's comments. You know, he said he's not real, not real patriotic. And that comes from the Northern Ireland's, um, history of kind of being, you know, I would just encourage you to look into it a little bit more before you crucify Rory McIlroy for saying he's not very patriotic. But, uh, you know, he, he is showing up to play, you know, Paul Casey and um, Tommy Fleetwood from uh, from Great Britain are, are there competing. And, um, you know, my guy, Corey Connors, Mac Hughes representing Canada. So it, it's a lot of good golfers. Joaquin Neiman's there, Cameron Smith from Australia. So pretty loaded, pretty loaded field. It'll be fun to watch. Um, it'll certainly beat. When does it start? I don't even know what PGA event is this week. It starts Thursday. Okay. You want to talk about basketball? Of course I do. USA lost to France. Um, they've lost a lot. They lost a lot running coming up to the to Olympics in Las Vegas. A lot of people thought that the injection of the guys from the NBA Finals, Booker, Middleton, and Drew Holiday would – potentially inject a little life into the team. I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts? I'll give you some thoughts after. I'm curious what you think. Drew was great. 
about the only one that did anything. So let's just start here. I there, there was a report that came out after the game that um, the players are unhappy with Coach Popovich trying to install the Spurs offense with this group, which is a really it's a really odd approach considering you know you're starting guys like Damian Lillard, Zach Levine, Kevin Durant, guys that are isolation guys and. That's what you're seeing a lot. You're seeing a lot of ISO, which I don't, I don't really have a problem with. I think that that can work if you have the right guys. But like Dame, Dame just flat out. He stinks. The guy stinks. He's three for 10. I mean, I think he made two threes early on in the second quarter when it looked like it might might be going good. They scored 11 points in the third quarter. They just don't look like they're even having any fun. I have no idea why Draymond Green is on this team. It just doesn't really make sense. And it's just it's just a really clunky clunky fit. Makes um, more sense in Javale McGee. Yeah, it sure does. Um, <clears throat> but you know he played two minutes. Jeremy Grant didn't even play. I don't I don't I don't really understand why those guys are there. Middleton only played five minutes. Understandable, but uh, yeah, Drew Drew was fantastic. He had eighteen points. He played twenty eight minutes. Man, it's just it, it's, it's just ugly. KD had four fouls in the first half, and then he ends up fouling out of the game late. I don't know if that really changed the way that he was going to play, but he, he had an he had an awful game. I think let's see, he was uh, four for twelve. It's just it was just ugly, you know. It's just it wasn't good basketball. And even though late, like we made a nice little eight zero run that uh, put us up six in the fourth quarter after we had gone down by six, and uh, it looked like we were going to get a control there. And then we went. F- I think we scored three more points the rest of the way, like including three or four wide open threes under two minutes to uh to take the lead when we were down two it's just ugly it's ugly and i think that popovich is going to respond by letting them play a little bit more the way that they want to play to have those guys you know levine lillard durant and then even guys like off, off the bench like booker and tatum to not score you know to score 76 points is insane 11 points in the third quarter you got you got to do better than that you got to figure it out you should be scoring at least 90 fuck luca had 48 by himself and they scored 118 yeah i look i think there's a few factors here right these guys are coming off of two crazy years compact seasons a lot of these guys had a you know deep playoff runs or whatever so that's part of it. You know, the other thing is there, I think Patrick Ewing actually said this maybe yesterday or today, and, and it made perfect sense. They are facing some of the, the results of what the dream team did in 92 and in 96. The goal of the dream team, especially in 92, but also in 96, was to get the entire world excited about basketball. And part of getting the entire world excited about basketball is the entire world gets better at basketball. You can't just bring these guys together, roll the balls out, and have them just kind of run out there and play a pickup game, which is what they've been doing. Even back in 92 and 96, they used to have two-week-long training camps where they would bring in the best college players in the U.S. and have them face the dream team and they're just not doing that anymore i mean they just they immediately go from playing in the nba to just basically getting on a flight putting on a team usa out uniform and and going and playing i am one of the most i i want to preface what i'm about to say with this 
one of the most patriotic people you will ever meet. I love America. I love the United States. I love our country. I love the opportunities. I hope we lose. I really do. I hope we don't meddle because when we lost last time and all we did was got a silver, right? We lost in Athens. They got a silver or a bronze. It sort of refocused USA team USA basketball. And I think that there needs to be another reset. And Oh, by the way, don't forget that the best players aren't playing. A lot of guys are hurt. AD's hurt. LeBron's coming off an injury. Who else is hurt? Kawhi's hurt. You know, there's a lot of guys that are some of the best players that are, that would be playing for team USA that have either done it too much and they're just tired of playing or they're hurt. So I don't think this is indicative of the best team that we can possibly put out there either. So sure. I don't disagree there, but you, but you have enough, you have enough to be able to win. You have enough to be able to beat these teams. You have, I guess not. You, know, you do though. You do that. Like there's, there shouldn't be, you know, any excuse making, like, I understand that this is Where the not fuck's Ky- oh, Kyrie's hurt. Harden's hurt. You know, Jalen Brown is hurt. There's just so Kyrie Harden. There's so many guys that are hurt that that would be playing that aren't. So I think that's it. I don't hope they lose. I think I think it's obvious that they need they need a retooling. I don't think they need to lose a fucking medal <laughs> in a game that we fucking invented for a wake up call. I I think that they need to figure it the fuck out. Let them play the way that they want to play. And like even if you're even if you're losing, score more than seventy six fucking points. I you've hear got, you, man. You've got stars on the team. Okay, your starting five is good enough. You've got guys that can play that coming off. Like I said, Drew Holiday was the best player. Like he's not the best player on the team, but he went out there and fucking balled. Like you got to be able to score more points than this. I might not even watch it anymore. Ugh. I watch the women. The women look good. Yeah, they're fun. You know, I'll watch. I'll watch the women. So the other thing but I want to they got a they got a get right game coming up. They got Iran. I mentioned they're at 41 and a half we'll point see. favorites. Go out there, let loose. They're still gonna they're gonna get through. They're gonna get through the knockout round. I think I can't remember who else is in their their group, but um you know the top two the top two move on. So they need a they need a big game here on uh Wednesday morning. The skateboarding was fun. I watched that late. Oh, they see that 13-year-old girl. From so I didn't. I, I watched the men's. I didn't watch the women's because that was on last night, and obviously last night was Sunday night, and I couldn't watch it, you know, because I had to get up and I went into the office this morning. So I watched the men's on Saturday night. Uh, you know, Nigel Houston, who's one of the greatest street skaters of all time, finished like seventh. A kid from Japan was out there. It, it was fun. Kid from the U.S. I think took the bronze or the the silver. The silver, a 20-year-old kid from Phoenix. I forget his name. Uh, it was just fun. It was, it was fun to watch. It's cool to see skateboarding in the Olympics. They had Tony Hawk on there talking and providing his insight and stuff like that. So I thought that was great. And then the swimming, really, it started like two days ago, but they started doing medals last night. They had Michael Phelps on there. He was talking and providing insight, and they were flashing back to some of the greatest races that he was a part of. I love the swimming. I get into it. Katie Ledecky lost last night to a gal. Thought she from, did. Yeah. To the, to a girl from, to a girl from Australia, man. She fucking blew her away. Was it? I, I, I shouldn't say she blew her away. Um, Katie Ledecky was leading. It was the 400, I guess. So that's eight laps. 
Katie Ledecky was leading through six laps and then on the seventh. So on the way down, the girl passed her. And then on the turn, she had a much better turn and kind of pulled away from her a little bit on the last lap. So Katie Ledecky still got several more swims to come. She's going to win some medals. But this uh, young, this young girl from Australia who grew up watching her, she trained basically her whole life to beat Katie Ledecky. So it was, it, you know, it's, I, I hate watching the U S lose, but stories like that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's fun to watch people who set goals and they persevere. Her coach was going nuts. Look it up on, uh, look it up. Just Google Australian swim coach. It was like the WWE out there. He was going fucking bananas. It was fun to watch. He was like, and the U S coaches are like standing there and he's rolling around, like beating his chest and stuff. I mean, that's the shit that we we spark like i was telling courtney like we were laying there watching it and i'm like i bet all these fucking countries are just look when we walk in they're just like god i want to fucking beat those motherfuckers so bad you know and i like that i like that about us so that's just that's just me maybe, maybe i'm completely wrong but like you watch the men's four by 100 freestyle team they came walking in team usa came walking in last and the camera was like panning back while they were walking towards the camera. And you saw them as they were walking, they passed every single block and every block they passed the, every fucking swimmer on that team from that country stopped what they were doing and watched team USA walk past, <laughs> you know? So it's just, I enjoy it. You know, obviously golf's coming on Thursday, baseball started the women's softball team, I think has a chance to win a gold medal. The men's baseball team, I don't really know. I, Todd Frazier's on that team, for Christ's sakes. Week one, swimming. Week two is track and field. So we'll have the track and field next week. Women's soccer's playing. They lost their first game, but they've done some get-right stuff. So, you know, a lot of great action still left. We still got another almost two weeks' worth of worth of Olympics action, so I'm excited to watch more. We'll talk more about it next week. Sounds good. All right. I, I tell you, I've been getting into the three on three basketball and the, the table I've tennis watched was nuts the three, too. So they have subs and they can sub out while they're playing, get, right? Yeah, you get one sub. And but it's the wild coach, too because it moves so fast because I realized it took me a little bit to realize it that that 12 second is not a shot clock, it's a possession clock. So their possessions end after 12 seconds. Yeah. And their coach is allowed to talk to them before the game, but there's no coach discussions while it's happening so ken carmen our guy ken carmen from cleveland sports talk radio put out a tweet yesterday or today and he said it best he's like the five on five are basketball players the three on three is ball they're ballers man like <laughs> it's fun to watch them there was a there's a girl on the on uh, on the on the women's usa her nickname swish delicious and she's <laughs> she is she is swish delicious like She's she was out there balling. It was fun to watch. I, I got That's into good. that. Obviously, the volleyball. I love the volleyball. A lot of people are into the beach volleyball. I love the beach volleyball, but I love the indoor volleyball team USA. There's this there's this girl from France. I don't know her name. I haven't even watched them play, but I saw this picture on Twitter. It was like from the ground going up where she was going up the spike. Apparently, she's the best women's indoor volleyball player in the world. It looked like the way that I would compare it is if there was a camera on the floor looking up at a basketball hoop and the player's head was even with the top of the backboard. Like, God, her, the net was at her belly button, Luke. 
It's fucking nuts. She's got bounce for days. I'll know more about her in a couple of days. I'm going to go when we get done here and try to watch some, some more volleyball. All right, let's transition NFL. We're going to play the over-under game, as everybody knows who's been listening. One division a week leading up to the NFL season. We've done the Western team so far. NFC West, AFC West. This week, we're going to do the AFC South. Uh, the AFC South plays. You ready? They play the AFC East. They play the NFC West. Plus, they play the team from the NF- NFC South that has the same record as them last year. AFC East, NFC West, NFC South. We're going to start with Houston. It's a team in disarray, obviously. We already referenced them in our in our draft talk about potentially being the worst sports city in America right now. So in addition to having the AFC East and the NFC West, they have Carolina, they have the Chargers at home, and they play at the Browns. Over-under is four. What do you think? I go under. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to see this team winning a lot. I think they got to be. I haven't seen any odds on this, but I think they got to be the favorite for the number one pick, right? There's no question. It's yeah. them and, and Detroit, I think. I mean, look, they get two shots at Jacksonville. I, maybe. I see two wins. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't I, I, the Jets, I guess they get the yeah. Jets at home. Uh, nah, I'll go under. I'll yeah, I, you're you're that. thinking about it the same way that I do. I got them. I got them at two wins. You know, it's really hard to lose all of your games, right? Only two teams have ever done it. It's not that hard. <laughs> well, it 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 certainly doesn't look hard at the time, but if you think about it, if there's so much parity in the league and the talent levels so high you know i look obviously we don't know what's going to happen with houston i don't even want to get in i was reading another article about deshaun watson today and with his uh lawyer rusty harden so i'm just gonna say i see two wins two and 15 let's move on to jacksonville jacksonville you know with houston they're a team in disarray jacksonville's a team in transition right new head coach they got herb they got a new quarterback so they have the falcons and the Broncos at home, and they play at Cincinnati. Six and a half. What do you think? Man, I was hoping that was lower so I'd go over. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under. <laughs> I think that they're right there. I think that they, you know, they were. In, I think they had eight one-score games last year, which, you know, I, I don't think that was all Doug Marone. I think that that indicates that they've got a little something going on there. A big step up from Gardner Minshew to. Uh, and, and whoever else, Jake Luton and uh, the kid with the neck, Gannon. Was it right now? Gannon. Uh, no. What's his name? Glennon. Glennon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's so. Neck. I knew who you were talking about, though. <laughs> big step up. Big step up in quarterback play. Uh, so I think they'll convert some of those, just not enough to get to get to seven. One of the things that bothers me about them a little bit is Gardner Minshew came out yesterday and said that. Yeah. You know, he's not even taking any shits leading up to number two is not an option. Yeah. Number two is not an option. So it feels like Gardner Minshew maybe thinks that there's a quarterback controversy or a competition, but he's the only one that thinks that, right? Like Trevor Lawrence is the guy. There's no question about it. 
I, I think they're when you look at their schedule, it's fairly favorable, I guess. It's all relative, but rookie QBs scare me. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is going to have challenges transitioning the NFL. Every rookie quarterback does it. Nobody is. It happens to all of them. So I see three in four maybes. I'm going to go under, just under, at 6-11. and 11. I think they win six games. I think they look good. I think they have more games like you talked about last year. There was eight one-score games. I think they're in a lot of those this year as well. I think maybe next year you'll see them progress a little bit more. And to be honest with you, it's probably better if they don't win a lot of games. They probably still need – they need a couple more pieces. So let's go Tennessee. They are the next highest – over under, they are the third. So that means there's one team that has a higher over under than them. The question that I have with Tennessee is, is this their last best chance? I got to believe with how much they've run Derrick Henry. I mean, we know this, right? These running backs have limited shelf life. You can only get as many touches as he's gotten for so long. Is this their last best chance? I don't know. We'll see. They brought in Julio Jones, obviously, A.J. Brown is, is an ascending talent. Their head coach is a little bit of a acquired taste. He's very polarizing. Some people love Vrabel. Some people hate him. They have the Saints and the Chiefs at home, and they play at Pittsburgh. Nine wins. What do you got? That's a good number. It's a really good number. Their first 10 games is absolutely fucking brutal. At Jets and at Jags is sandwiched in between. And you have to even think about it. Road games in the NFL are tough in general, right? So at Jets, Jets and at Jags is sandwiched between Cardinals at home, at Seattle, Colts at home, Bills at home, Chiefs at home, at Colts, at Rams, at Saints. That's their first 10 fucking games. That's the Saints me, at home. Yeah. Is that what I said? You said at Saints, but oh, it's fine. sorry. At Rams, Saints at home. That is a brutal, brutal first 10 games it's not a bad way to end though that you know they get they get those out of the way i think you learn a lot about them early on but man that that second half of the schedule is pretty set up for them to win some games i'll go over i'm gonna go over i'm gonna say i'll say 10 i see six and seven maybes and i am going over i and i agree with you at 10 i i think i think we see them go 10 and seven I just love the way that that schedule ends. You know, Texans at home, at the Patriots, then you get the Jags, at the Steelers, the Niners come to town, the Dolphins come to town, and then you finish up with the Texans. So I, I think they get to 10. Yep. All right. So last is is the Indianapolis Colts. You know, I they think the big point scored last year. The Indianapolis Colts were. <laughs> you know, the, in, they have a new quarterback, you know, and that's probably the main headline for them is can Frank Reich, can he fix Carson Wentz? Can he return Carson Wentz to the form that Carson Wentz was in when he was an MVP candidate and Frank Reich was his offensive coordinator? Uh, They have Tampa at home. They have the Raiders at home and they play at the Ravens. They're over under is nine and a half. What do you got? They're in a scary spot to start. I mean, they're, they, they sure as fuck are, you know, they get that own two hole that we talk about. And then I might, you know, I think they, with 17, it's an 0 and three hole, but I was thinking about that. I was going to, I was going to mention that, but, um, but yeah, so they get the Seahawks at home to open, but we talked about them playing, uh, Eastern time zone. Well, I guess that's central time zone, but, um, games in, the, in that, in that time zone, they struggle with, but, um, and they, they get the Rams 
coming to town before they head to Tennessee. So, and then uh, the Dolphins, they're so they, they they have Seattle and and the Rams at home, and then they have three straight road games at Titans, at Dolphins, at Ravens. I mean, they could come out of that one and four or two and three, and they get a uh, tough little late November stretch at the Bills and first the Bucks before they have a nice little favorable. What's the number? It's nine and a half. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go over. I'll say ten. I'll say ten as well. I agree. I, I think they have a rough start. I think they probably go one and four. New quarterback. He's got his well-documented issues. I think they come out one and four. I think they recover from a tough start. Just like you said, there is some favorable stuff there in the middle and at the end of their schedule. I think they recover from a tough start to go 10 and seven. So, yeah, I, I agree. All right. So we got three down next week. We will do the NFC South before we loop up and do the Eastern teams. And then we'll finish Time Carolina Panthers and slinging Sammy Darnold, baby. Yeah. And we'll finish with the central teams right before we lead into the season. We're going to tell everybody now I'm newsflash. We're saving the AFC North for last. I got to see the Browns play a couple of times before I get nuts on this podcast. So, <laughs> all right. I guess the last topic long show today. So we'll, we'll make it quick. Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams, I know this is something that in the in the text that you sent me leading up to the show that that you wanted to discuss, have at it, and I'll provide any commentary that I think is necessary. I'm still a little confused as to what the concessions made, what what they what they ultimately. No, you're made. not. Yeah, I understand that he's going to have a say now in his future after this year, right. and you know, I think, I mean, since this whole thing started, I think I was I was pretty sure I said that he would be playing for the Packers this year before this gets resolved in the next offseason, right. which is what it looks like it's going to happen. But will they be trading him? Will he become a free agent? I saw that the last year of his contract would be voided, which would be 2023, which would still leave him under contract for 2022. Right. So the Packers are still going to be able to recoup something for him in a trade. Is that is that so it's kind of a win-win situation here? I think what they're hoping is that over the course of the next 17 able to games iron this out. that they're able to iron it out, but he just doesn't seem like a guy to me that's going to, you know, forgive that easily. So I, I have a feeling there's either going to be a situation where there's maybe a buyout. I mean, he could leave that team right now and go sign a big contract, you know, so he's not losing any money. It's really a matter of whether they're willing to just say, okay, this is so much of a fucking headache. We got Jordan Love waiting in the wings. Let's just one more year. It sounds like they're going to lose Devontae Adams anyway. So they're probably just in this. He's open to signing a new contract. Did he say that today? Yep. That came out mere minutes after they they announced that Rodgers would be coming back. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that was from Schefter. Um, He's now open to a long-term deal, which is also interesting. You know, is he really wanting to tie himself to Jordan Love for a long term? The guy that wasn't active one time last year, who by most of the accounts I've seen, he's not very good. How would you feel as a Packers fan right now, knowing that you have a legendary quarterback who is playing undoubtedly his last season with your team before he goes to play for somebody else next year? I don't know. You're you're one of your best friends, a Packers fan. How does he feel about it? I mean, I think. He doesn't want to drag it on. He wants it all to be over. And, and that's kind him, of how I would feel, I think. I think I'd feel the same way. You know, I, I, I obviously I wouldn't like it, but I said it would be hard for me, but I'd 
look, we're coming at this from the opposite end of the spectrum as Browns fans. Okay. It took us 20 fucking years to find a guy that that's a franchise quarterback. Whereas they went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. But put in perspective in the LeBron stuff, like, you know, organizational fatigue. I think a lot of that's happening. I even mentioned that to him. I, you know, I said the same thing. I said, there's an air of that, you know, he's like, I just want this all to be over. I don't want to be dragged out. Like I look, I totally get it. There's an air of that when with LeBron James, it's the same thing. You know, I, I get it, but at the end of the day, the player is worth it. He's like, well, we're just going to lose in the NFC championship game. I'm like, that beats the alternative going three and 15 or three and 14 every year. I'm telling you, you know, these past two years when it's like, Oh my God, we have a chance to be good. Like, and I know that we have, we're, we're set at the quarterback position. I don't have to, worry about mock drafts in fucking September. I can just watch my football team play football and then worry about that on a week to week basis is so much better than going into a season knowing, Hey, we'll be lucky to win four games this year. I looked at a mock yesterday and they got us <laughs> picking 29 actually. Oh, that's weird. Cause the Super Bowl pick winner usually picks 32. So what? yeah, well, I the only reason I looked at a mock is because I was texting back and forth about being here and I was, giving him a hard time about where the Eagles are going to be picking. So I figured, you know what, while I'm in here, I might as well take a look at the Browns. <laughs> they got three first round picks that they're probably going to trade for Watson. So, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but yeah, like I, I'd be pretty torn if I, if I was an actual Packers fan, but I, you, you have to kind of make the best of it because I mean, all indications that I've seen so far, they're going to be, they're going to be quarterback shopping in the draft in 23. So take one more run at it, see what you can do. Oh, and they're getting, they're bringing Randall Cobb back. It was one of his conditions. So interesting, which is why Houston traded for um, Anthony Miller over the weekend was to replace Cobb in the slot. So Cobb will be coming home. Yeah, one of, so, one of look, Rogers' conditions. Yeah, take one more run at it. See what you can do. They've invested a lot in that defense over the past couple years. I'm an Aaron Rodgers guy. You know that. I, I think you know he's tough. The locker room. You know, you always hear rumblings and rumors that. He's not a great locker room guy. Obviously, Devontae Adams likes him. So, you know, that's not completely the case. But, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers looked, looked at what happened with Tom Brady. Tom Brady went to an organization. That organization pulled out all the stops. They won a Super Bowl in the first year. They're probably the favorites, maybe not in your eyes, but in most people's eyes, they're probably the favorites to win the Super Bowl again this year. And I think he wants to go to a sim- similar situation to that, wants to go to a team that's ready-made to win now, that has talent around the quarterback. And I, I think he's looking at what-, what Brady did, and he's wanting to do the same thing. And it's 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 not surprising. And honestly, you you can't really blame him. Yeah, they're all valid points. Our chief sponsor, betonline.ag, does not have them as the favorites, just FYI. So, no, they're not the favorites in my eyes. Please. I think that that's a uh... – you know, I don't really have a problem with any guy wanting to have control over, especially the last few years of how their career works out. But, uh, you know, I, I wish for fans that it went a different way. And like, I, I don't know, it, it'll, it'll, it'll be a weird year. Not, I, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this. I think we've had situations where we thought this could be this guy's last year here. You know, he could be leaving as a free agent, but like with quarterbacks, it doesn't really work that way. So it'll be interesting in the coming weeks. NBA offseason, NFL, college football previews. I know I've been promising it the last couple of weeks. It's coming. Maybe not next week, but possibly the week after. 2021, third annual quarterback power rankings. We will have that for you. That's always a spicy, interesting debate that we have every year. Don't forget, 
at WC Sports Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Like, follow, and subscribe to us. We are now available on all your favorite streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you can find podcasts, you can find us. You can also find us at the Believe Podcast Network, number one podcast network for professionals. Check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. And as always, we are presented by the one and only betonline.ag. With that, we love you and enjoy your lives. Shout out to Minji Lee for winning uh, the Evian Championship this week. She came back from seven down to hawk down Lee six to win uh, women's major. So shout out Minji Lee. That's it. That's all I got. You're not finishing with the big pin? <laughs> not after I shout out a female golfer. Yeah, it's good point. All right, we love you. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube